<clears throat> we have some guests, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Nicole Alvarez, by the way. Thank you for coming to the DTS Sound Space. Please welcome the Interrupters. Hi, hi. Um, I want to tell hi. you about, okay, so most of these people were in the back partying, like it's a Saturday night, like wild teenagers, but the front row right here, they've been rail like this is Lollapalooza yeah. this entire time. Yeah. This gentleman right here, you know, raise your hand, you know I'm talking about you. He flew in from Dallas to see you three hours ago. Whoa. Couldn't, didn't, wait, didn't. Didn't know how he was gonna get in and reached out to a guy from 311. No. <laughs> he tried everything and then when I asked him how he got in, he goes, uh -huh. he just winked. So I, <laughs> I promise I'm not gonna say anything. But dude, that's, that's commitment. So awesome. Anybody here your first time seeing the interrupters today? Whoa. So many babies. I wanna tell you about the first time I saw you guys because I don't think we've ever talked about it. It was at Amoeba. This was a long, long time ago. And I remember walking up and they were playing again, like they were playing Lollapalooza. And the first thing I thought was, she is gorgeous. She looks like a supermodel. The, the guys aren't bad either. But the way that you reached out to everybody in there and the way you pulled us all together, like we were the most important people in your life and the show that you put on, I'll never forget that. That'll be my favorite interrupter show ever. Thank you. And it, it, it means everything to me to be, to have everyone together after so long, especially, so but long. to have everyone together and singing along and all of us singing together and there's just nothing better. So LA is home. Let's just talk really quickly about your relationship with K-Rock because I'm sure you grew up listening to K-Rock. I remember the first time we started playing your song. Do you remember the first time we started playing your song and oh. how it felt? Oh. I remember, this is, this is an interesting one because we got a call from the K-Rock music meeting saying that they were adding <laughs> She's Kerosene. And Amy was getting her hair done, and I was sitting in the chair next to her, just like on my phone, and there was a random number. And I usually don't pick up random numbers, but I was feeling like, this one seems important. It's 310, you know, it's, it's the other side of the hill. It's a hometown spam, why not? <laughs> and I picked up, and I said, hello. <laughs> Did you say it like that, Kevin? Yes, I was hello? like, hello. And he's like, hi, this is Kevin Weatherly from K-Rock. Um, we're adding She's Kerosene to our rotation. And then Amy screamed, and everybody <laughs> thought it was me screaming. But it wasn't me screaming. <laughs> I was speechless. And I started crying. Yeah, it was, I mean, that alone, that moment alone of just like... And everyone Whoa. at the salon started clapping. And I know. Oh, there's what like a cool moment. Ladies with tinfoil in their hair, like, that's so nice. <laughs> what a cool moment. Okay, before we get into the new album which is spectacular. Um, I want to play catch up really quick. Justin and Jesse, we'll start with you. You went on one of the biggest tours, I think, arguably one of the biggest bills, the Hella Mega Tour, and you rose to the freaking occasion. Please tell me what it was like being on that tour and what you're going to take from it. I and mean, you played it, Dodger Stadium, for the love of God. Yeah, you Dodger played Stadium. Dodger Stadium. The whole thing was surreal. I mean, to be on a stadium stage where... Look, we've, we've been first to four for a lot of bands before, and when you're that, and there's like, it's like a 5,000 cap room, there's like a few hundred people when we play. The equivalent of that, it's tens of thousands of people still. So to get out there and to play to all those people in the stadiums, was, it was insane, to say the least. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Speechless. 
You're the one on the drum riser that just sits there and I gets know, to I stare got, at everything. <laughs> angle and good view of everybody. Uh, being able to, you know, playing music in different locations all around the world is just a dream. And being able to visit all those baseball stadiums and do it. Yeah. That's just like. Yeah, they were like running the bases at Dodger Stadium <laughs> after <laughs> the show. <laughs> Taking pictures. After oh, yeah. everybody we, left, I was we, like, I'm we stole go. a golf cart. <laughs> going for it. Yeah, yeah no, they <laughs> stole a golf cart. and. Should you be saying that out loud? I mean, right what now? are they going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come find us, Dodger Stadium staff. <laughs> all right, we're going to, we're playing catch up one more thing. So every album is like a cycle, right? They, they, the, the songs are born and then they get recorded and then they have to put a plan together and then there's a rollout and then there's a tour and then for the most part the bands put it to bed. Their last cycle would be fight the good fight. When you look back on that album, were you different people than you are right now because a whole pandemic happened? So let's talk about that cycle before we move into where you are now. Well, that cycle I felt like was our just, we just kept growing. Yeah. Not only as a live band, but as people. Mm -hmm. And... I feel like I've grown as a person since yesterday. So <laughs> every that, five that, minutes, that four-year cycle. I guess now because it's four years later. Yeah, um, just the fact that K Rock started playing our song, and then other radio stations were like, "Whoa, K Rock's playing your song! All right, we'll play it too." <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it like we were, yeah, it was something we could have never imagined being our music being heard at that scale. And then while we were planning on being on tour for the next couple of years, we went to some amazing places and we have so many beautiful memories because we're a family. So like, yeah. it was like a big family vacation every night and being like, can you believe we get to do this? Like, it's never lost on us like how lucky we are to be able to do what we do. We're so grateful. No kidding. They were back there signing, how much was it? 8,007 like albums, Something right? Like that. Something yeah. like that, like 8,007 albums. Amy, when you look back at yourself at the beginning of fight the good fight, what would you go back and tell that version of yourself now? Whoa, that's oh, intense. Oh my god, deep on a I'm Monday I'm Cox, dude. My whole life just flashed from my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intense. Butterfly effect, what would I say to my past <laughs> self? I would say enjoy it. Don't be, you know, enjoy the moment. Don't be so worried all the time. <laughs> Don't be stressed out. Everything's going to be all right. Um, there's going to be a pandemic. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, even all, even that older version of you would have been like, what are you talking about, pandemic? Like, buy I'm, lots of toilet paper, don't ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be a lot of time for reflection. So, But I do, I think that, you know, this record, this record is the most personal I've ever been, the most vulnerable I've ever been, the most open I've ever been. Um, and I think that having the time during the pandemic to really sit alone uh, with my thoughts <laughs> for so See, which long. Which can be so scary <laughs> for some of us, by the way. Yeah, it was. It was actually really terrifying um, to face things that I didn't want to look at, you know, but I, I did look at, look at all of the things, I w you know, like the song In the Mirror, I'm Tired of Running. Like, I was tired of running from all of the things I was afraid to look at. So I took that time to really look at all of the monsters that were chasing me instead of running from them, turn and face them and, you know, and, and write about it. And that's what this record is about. Let's get into it now because this record is, like I said, it's spectacular. It's not just lip service because they're, they're standing here. Uh, it's phenomenal in the wild. Let's start with Kevin. You became the primary producer because Tim Armstrong and the pandemic and all that thing. So you became the accountable one. Did you poop your pants? 
Um, no, well, the, we were all doing it at home, too, and we were so isolated. It was just kind of like it, the next logical step. And the good thing about like me being the producer to them is like, they don't have to listen to me. <laughs> so if I have an idea, they could be like, nah, dude, we ain't doing that. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Hey, what time do you guys want to eat? Are you cooking tonight? Because we, were, we did the whole record at home. We all live on the same property. We live 30 feet away from each other. We built the studio. Well, they built it. I, I watched. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, it was actually a beautiful process for me after knowing Amy so long, seeing the places she was going lyrically and just being able to like support that in any way I could was an honor, actually. And I think for all of us, Thank really, you. yeah. So when you hear this, when you hear all of the lyrics, like if you have to, you have to really sit and listen. Amy not only is the most honest she's ever been; she's always been an honest songwriter and lyricist. But she is raw; like every card is on the table. She talks about her entire life. What empowered you to get to that place, and did it help that you have this family around you? to kind of let that all out because now you're like, it's a bare soul at this point. Yeah. I think that I struggled with de major depression for most of my life. And it was something I never wanted to talk about. And people always are like, you just seem so happy. Um, but it's just, you know, we all can do things and, you know, to make us look like we've got it together. We can all Jekyll and hide it. <laughs> yeah, very, we can hide well. it. Um, and during the pandemic, I did something I'd never done before to deal with my depression. And that was this treatment called TMS. And it's, was, I learned about it through Neil Brennan. Neil Brennan uh, talks about it. He did it. It's the, the sort of mag magnet therapy for a part of your brain that can cause depression. And I went every day for six weeks, taking a day off every week, um, but it, pretty much every day for six weeks. And while they were building the studio, by hand from YouTube videos and I don't know how they, but I was, while they were doing that, I was, I was getting my treatment for my depression. And at the end of the six weeks, um, I felt significantly better. Like re waking up every day, excited about my day and happy and not depressed. And I was a very strange feeling. Um, but, but because of that, I was, a, I had the strength to look at, the things that I was always afraid to look at. Because when you're depressed, why do you want to get more depressed? By looking, writing songs about yeah. really hard things. So I feel like it gave me the strength and the courage to look at some of those things. And I'm really grateful that I'm doing much better. So now that you've looked at all those things, literally in the mirror, are you, do you ever say to yourself, why was I ever so afraid of you? Like, I, I can conquer this. Like, we're, now do you feel... No, no. <laughs> I was yet. like, it was so hard. It was so scary. I, I, I see why I was running from a lot of it. Um, some of it, I mean, no, most of it, it was just really hard. Yeah. But I, I feel that um, in writing this record, it was so therapeutic. It was really nice to be able to, to feel like there was a victory over those things that were just weighing me down for so long. You know, I just felt like writing it out, I was like, wow. Feels so good to get it out, you, you know. You can hear it. You can hear it in the record. There's a catharsis, and also like there's certain parts in the record that it almost feels like you reached forgiveness, not just like yeah. for the things you've been through, but for the others that maybe were there and put you through that. Yes, and you can hear it. Uh, you two, Bob the Builders, what <laughs> did you honestly build a studio by hand by, from YouTube videos? Yeah, yeah. I believe that yeah. coming from I mean, you two. 
A lot of, you know, you cut, you measure twice, cut once. Uh -huh. That was just the, the motto we lived by <laughs> yeah. for, for six weeks. What was it, three months or Always yeah. shirtless, too. Did you help? I mean, it was, it the, was the dead of summer in the valley. It was hot. Yeah. I would kind of well, You just, weren't kidding about the shirtless? Yeah, no, 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 no. I'd roll in with, like, a pencil behind my ear and be like, all right, that looks pretty good. Um, I'll be back in, in a little bit. Now, watching where Amy was going lyrically and how vulnerable she was letting herself be, you have to bring that music to life. How did that influence what you contributed, all three of you gentlemen? I mean, we just wanted to do our best to support what she was trying to say and not get in the way. Got it. You know? And it was really nice to not have like a great song be brought to the table and tell ourselves, okay, well, let's shove it into this box that is the interrupters. It was, let's just see where the song goes. If the four of us are playing it together, it'll sound like the interrupters no matter what. It doesn't have to be a you know, straight ahead punk song. It doesn't have to be a straight ahead ska song. We can do whatever we want if the song wants it to go there. Kevin, how far did you push outside of the interrupter sound, let's say? Like, what else did you allow yourself to play with? There's a lot of sound. It's so rich. It's, magnif it's magnificent. I Kevin. mean, thank you so much. I mean, it's like they good. were saying, it's just one of those things where we just kind of followed where the song wanted to go. And, and sometimes we take it too far and we would lose, you know, what I call like the spirit of the song. Or, and then... Like, for example, like Alien, you know, I've, I, oh, there we have this song on our record. You guys will hear it very soon. It's called Alien, and it's the first Interrupter song with no guitar. But you better believe the first version of it, I had huge, <laughs> heavy guitars on it. And then after living with it, I was just like, I'm getting in the way, and we had to strip it way back, and, you know? So, so stuff like that, you know, really, that's why it really helps working with your family. They're going to be honest with you every step of the way, and... Um, and, and being able to kind of branch out, I mean, the thing is we've been touring for so long, playing music together for so long. You know, I've, we've covered like a Billie Eilish song, we've covered Be My Baby, so I feel like we've already kind of stretched the bounds of what we could do stylistically, so it didn't feel like we were going into uncharted terrain, because once she sang it, it sounded like our band. She sang the hell out of it, too. She sang the hell she out of it. She sang the hell oh, out of yeah. it. Two more things I want to touch upon. So music has a bunch of uses. That's why we love music. Sometimes we all go to the dark place. Um, what do they call that in Stranger Things? What is it? What is the it? Upside down. Thank you. The upside down. Um, and music, music allows you to kind of get out of the dark place. It gives you words and it gives you new perspective. Kiss the ground is one of those. One of you tweeted the other day something that I thought you just like poetically thought about in your sleep, but it's actually a it's the chorus for "Kiss the ground." Can you tell me what it is or tell us if you're low? So. Sometimes when you're low, you gotta kiss the ground. Which is a beautiful way to look at that, like at that state of being. Sometimes when uh, I call a friend of mine and I'll say, I am feeling really bad about some things today. And she'll say, did you write a list of all the things you're grateful for? And it's like, ugh, I called the oh wrong God. person. <laughs> 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 but it's true when you are in a spirit of gratitude it really does help you out of the dark places and as much as you don't feel like it sometimes if you're feeling you know bad it's you're in a dark place it's kind of the last thing you want to do if you're pissed off about something is to think of all the things you're grateful for but that truly is the way out sometimes it's the that's the one one of the ones that stuck out to me because i was like oh you just kissed the ground and there's something very romantic and poetic about that alone like okay i've got this and that was cool and then lastly i want to talk about 
you guys are obviously family, obviously, but there's a spirit of family with everything you do, with the way that you treat your fans, with the way that you treat us at K-Rock. There's something, the family dinners that I'm still yet to go to, by the way. Um, why, why is family so important? And what does it do for you? And how does it help you thrive? Well, I, I mean, I just feel... Just going back to what she was just saying about gratitude. You know, we're so grateful to be able to do what we do. From the very first time we played a show and saw somebody dance to our music, we're like, I love that person. I want that person in my family. <laughs> yeah. And the family has just grown. And, and that just goes for, like, when we meet nice, cool people, we just want to hold on to them until they <laughs> just say, hey, you. bro, I got to go. You know? And... uh that's just kind of how we've always operated. I want to have you for dinner, you know? Yeah. yeah. Is that an invitation, Amy? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. And the twins make an amazing sauce. They did okay. it the other night, and, and it was awesome. Yeah. And they things. And they build things. Amazing. Um, well, I just want to say that you did something with this record that I think is the most important thing anybody can do right now is to prove that vulnerability is a superpower. You allowing yourself to go to those places and making it such a powerhouse of a record is showing people that the more honest you are, with yourself and your life and all of the things, the more influence you're gonna have, like the molecules in the room, which I think are always important to just shift the energy. And it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to watch you guys on this adventure and to be part of it. I'm gonna finish it. There's Thank a quote you. in another song that I love. Life is for dancing, life is for moving. Do you wanna dance? Do you wanna dance? All right, without further ado, I'm gonna get the hell out of the way. Please welcome the interrupters to the stage to do what they do best. Thank you, Thank you so much, Nicole.